Monsters Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Grizzly Abner, and I am here with Professor Wagstaff, Venomous Vinny, Hot Toddy. It is good to be with you again, friends, because tonight we are throwing it way, way back. We are revisiting a director that we covered on our second episode ever. So 200 episodes ago, we're coming back to Rob Zombie. Have you heard of him before? I have. <laughs> it's crazy. It's, we're just weeks shy of like nine years ago when we recorded that. Yeah. That's nuts. That's just, insane. No, just you two, though. We weren't involved, so. No, yeah. not that early on. You guys were still just a speck in your father's eye. <laughs> That's a joke. They're older than we are. Uh, so, uh, significantly. Uh, <laughs> Gloves are off already. <laughs> so... Boy, Rob Zombie. I, I, I want to joke, but then I feel like you're going to get excited and have another nosebleed. So <laughs> <laughs> I'll give it to him. <laughs> He's running down my age. Um, I really feel like we just jump in. I mean, we can talk about like I think we should probably do like an overall summary at the end, like after we've covered and uh, let me lift it up or ran down. <laughs> Let me start by saying, I think, do we all agree that this is a polarizing director slash subject? Sure. I this, think. this splits the horror community, I think. Uh, I don't know in half, here's, but... Now, here's the thing. I don't think you're wrong, but I think that that softened in more, as we went on with more time, because I think the way his careers panned out, the people who were defending that stuff aren't as much maybe anymore yeah and that's not to take away from some of the films we'll discuss but i think that his career hasn't blossomed in a way that's left it as polarizing right i think that people just kind of left because i think some of the opinions that we discussed early on have softened yeah because of what we've seen come out since then which changes the overall opinion but when we recorded initially and at kind of the height of his movies coming out it was very polarizing so you're not wrong like it's very divisive especially early on well, and that's funny, too, because I don't feel like it was that divisive. I, maybe I'm looking back with rose-colored lenses, but I felt like Corpses and Rejects had a pretty solid, at least 75% approval rating. Those were okay meeting. with people, but you got to remember, too, that when he got into touching Michael Myers... Well, that's it. So that's his when brand, it really happened. That's when it boomed all of it into debate, including the stuff prior to, because everything with him, as we'll get into, was on brand. Yeah. So... Yep. No, well, he's right. almost a love or hate director as well. Yeah. The people who are loyal to Rob Zombie are loyal as fuck to Rob Zombie. I think you'll have some rare middle ground on this episode. Yeah, I'm curious too because I, I really don't know anyone that's still like all in on Rob Zombie. I know a couple. Yeah. They're, it's not as common. Yeah. Sure. Sure. Dodd, any thoughts on that before we dig in? All right. So the first <laughs> film. <laughs> Uh, House of a Thousand Corpses, 2003, when it finally was released. 
Yeah. House of 1,000 Corpses. The, the first kindness I want to pay this film is that it is criminally good looking on DVD and Blu-ray. You pop that in and it... The colors... I mean, and that's... This is going to become a bigger thing, right? Yes, it is. The way that he makes a film look... Yes. Huh. And even the, the DVD transfer was so good. Yeah. I mean, like... It's unreal. So... Yeah, they just, it looks great on, no matter what medium you're viewing it on. Vinny, you look like you had words on the tip of your tongue before I started. No, opinion. I no, I 100% agree with, and I, I was going to say it becomes a bigger theme. I am not the biggest Rob Zombie fan at all. Uh, but the kindness that I will pay him is his films always look amazing. The art direction... The editing, like all of that shit, always is top notch. I say the same about Tim Burton, who has films I love, who also has some I don't love so much. But Tim Burton's movies always artistically look fantastic. And that's the same thing I'll say for Rob Zombie. It's a perfect case study in why confidence matters in filmmaking. Because Rob Zombie knows exactly what he wants to make. Whether you agree with that or not, he knows what he wants. And the presentation... Even when the movies aren't particularly good, they look good. Yeah. He's never made a bad-looking movie. Nope. I, I think something that hurts Rob Zombie... I think if Rob Zombie wasn't as big of a name when he started making movies, he might have been a little bit more well-received. Because with, with him being a big name, obviously the guy likes certain types of movies. And then they're not... They're not the most popular films, so like Corpses is definitely a throwback to a lot of um, a lot of maybe under the radar '70s movies plus Texas Chainsaw. So other than that's Texas, what everything he does is. But well, and I'm saying so. There's there's this love for throwback, but some of the stuff I feel like people hype themselves up over his stuff that go in and go, well, I would never watch these movies that he loves. That he's like, I, I feel like all the movies that these uh these are throwbacks to the same people that hate him are not going to like those movies either. Like they're not going to like the old school witch movies of the of the 70s. Um for me House of a Thousand Corpses I thought was great. I think the letdown for me was this is um the period where Universal I was expecting House of a Thousand Corpses and Hannibal I think was the one that Universal was working on. I was expecting these to be hard the the scariest movies I've ever seen. Because all I knew about it was Universal was not wanting to really see their film. Um, they ended up putting out Hannibal after holding it for a while. And then Corpses, they dumped. But they still let him do stuff at Universal. Um, I was expecting this hardcore, gory, scary, like rated X movie. And I still enjoyed it. But it's I was like, man, this wasn't really scary. It certainly built up a mystique around his career. Yeah, because it took you, forever you, to get out. I feel like the first review I've ever heard that called "Corpses Soft." <laughs> but considering that the movie was took three years to come out, and all you heard was like that, uh, basically the thing surrounding it was that Universal watched it, thought it was just so fucking hardcore that Universal couldn't put this movie out. But well, hey, work on our Halloween haunts. I think contextually. It was pretty hardcore compared to what we've been seeing in mainstream releases. I think that it maybe has softened with time since then. Yeah. But that kind of birth of the splat pack, um, and, you know, yeah. Eli Roth and, and some of these gorier things, those were 
pretty visceral at the time. Yeah. And I think that this was too, Cause this in is, a sense. Yeah, this is that. pre-saw. I'm pre, not pre-saw, but pre-hostile. Yeah. So, yeah. I do have a high tolerance too, but. Yeah. But yeah, this has got, a, a, it's a ton of throwback to, to 70s and it's, and also kind of that spider baby, old dark house, mm-hmm. uh, stranded with the weird family yeah. scenario. And I mean, past that, it's just a whole lot of classic horror tropes. Yeah. And kind of a, a, a fanboy having his way. Yeah, this doesn't try to be anything like groundbreaking. I mean, it's just, it's an homage. I mean, by and large. Um you know, this is where most of us met uh, Rain Wilson and Chris Hardwick for the first time, you know, and just putting different people on the screen. And uh, so the idea, if you haven't seen this film, again, as <laughs> Professor just said, stranded out in the middle of nowhere, weird family, Texas, uh, these nerds wanting to do a book about odd roadside attractions. They meet Captain Spaulding. They go on his murder ride. He tells them about the tree where uh, Dr. Satan was killed, etc., etc. Hijinks ensue. Take away chili at the gas station. <laughs> Add fried chicken instead. Yeah. Yep. Like, when I first saw this movie, I didn't like it. I, thought, I was like, man, I've seen Texas Chainsaw Massacre before. You know? And the thing with... I've gotten kinder over the years, and I'll get to that. Um... I think that, you know, well, Rob showing the homage, you know, the homage to this and that. With Rob, everything's an homage. Because I don't think Rob has an original thought. Everything's an homage. Now, granted, everything's come, everything comes from somewhere. Nothing is truly original. I just don't think he's as good at subtlety and disguising it. Quentin Tarantino is a huge fan of 70s movies and... Uh, Grindhouse and all these other things as well. And he makes a movie that has flavors of those. But Quentin has a way of Making hiding. Yeah, yeah, he makes it his own. Whereas I don't, th- I think Rob lacks that subtlety. Yeah. Um, you know that means five, right? As, as, I've, <laughs> as I've watched <laughs> Corpses more times as the years have gone. Because with all of these movies, I will go back every so often to see... These are movies, for the most part, I did not like when I first watched them. And I think both of you guys can attest to the first conversations you had with me ten years ago. <laughs> how my feelings were with Rob Zombie and his films. Yeah. Hated them. Hated them. Um, I respect Rob Zombie, and Todd touched on it earlier, I respect him because he is making the movie that he wants to make. And he doesn't give a shit if you like it. If you like it, cool. But he's really making it for him. And... If people like who are like-minded like it, fantastic. He's going to make whatever the fuck he wants. And I respect that. I res- I even respect that he kind of has an Ed Wood feel about him with using the, the loyalty to the same actors. Uh, not necessarily to the degree, uh, well, yeah, to the degree of Tim Burton using Johnny Depp. But uh, <laughs> when it comes to Sherry... But so as the years... I, the first time I watched it, I was like, Ugh, Texas Chainsaw, rip-off, blah, blah, blah. I took. I kind of removed myself from that and try to watch it as okay. It's an homage to that movie, and and like you said to these other films, let's let's watch it objectively from that. And at this point, I do enjoy uh, this movie, and I, I this is something that I won't put it in every year, but every couple of years I will watch it. And honestly, mainly because Sid Haig saves this movie. If there's anything, 
You get to that, see him that come back. tips it over the edge. And that's the other thing that I give Rob credit for, too. Rob gave actors a second chance, or some actors who maybe weren't getting the work that anymore that he enjoyed. He gave them a, a platform again. And let's be honest, Rob Zombie changed Sid Haig's life. 100%. He was for the a whole last... maintenance man in Sherman Oaks. Yeah. Uh, at I... an apartment complex. And within a couple of years, he was a rock star at conventions back and back in movies. I want everybody who's ever met Sid at a convention to remember that wad of cash that came out of that man's pocket. Every time. And the biggest wad of money I've ever seen in my life. But I think Sid is absolutely what... what uh, He's what makes this movie. That he is, he is the... The thing that tips it over the scale for me to liking it is Sid Haig and his performance. I think him and Bill Mosley's yelling. And Mosley's great, too. So here's what I was going to say. Mosley's good in this, but I think Mosley steals the show in Rejects. Sure. Yes. Whereas, I mean, Sid's great throughout. You're right, though. Sid's whole shtick with his murder ride and and everything, he makes the movie. Yeah, he makes this one. I, I had never... I didn't even know who Sid Haig was until I saw this No, movie. I didn't either. I, I am upset that I did not discover Spider-Baby until after Sid was gone because I think I would have rather had Sid sign an 8x10 from Spider-Baby. Yeah, honestly, I, for that's my That's the first taste. thing I had signed at a convention was uh, Spider-Baby with him. Very nice. Um, yeah, I, I can remember just being floored with House of a Thousand Corpses and Cabin Fever. Yeah, uh, the first year living there yep. uh, up here in Muncie, and just thinking, it's back, horror's back. Yep. Because I mean, we'd had the whole Scream cycle, which I, I enjoy the Scream movies just fine, but by the end of the '90s and all that, everything had just kind of become uninspired, and so you get some grit back with with this whole movement from this group. And for fun too, we got Freddy versus Jason that year too. Yeah, yeah. and so horror was just really getting exciting again, and so this was a huge part of that. Yeah. It had so much of, of the gnarliness of, of stuff in the past that I felt like, okay, cool, we get to experience something in real time like we've been romanticizing from before with this group of young filmmakers because they were gory mm-hmm. um, and they were fun. Like, And, you know, it's kind of a... I don't know. It just had a different tone to all of it than what we'd been experiencing. And so I have a permanent fondness for this movie because of that yeah. and because I just it's a great Friday night movie oh like, yeah uh, the way with the with the group and kind of scaring each other with this with the murder ride and it's just it's got all of the vibes of that or at, at Halloween time putting it on the, it's sound, just, the soundtrack yeah it's, the soundtrack's it's great great fun it was edited in a way too that I hadn't really never seen I think up until that point with the cutaways and inserted scenes yeah. and things like that as hope well. you like what you see hate your wife's pussy <laughs> <laughs> so like, <laughs> think about when you're watching this that this is a first film for a director it's a pretty bold uh, <laughs> yeah. it's a confident good looking movie um, and Vinny, you gotta like the the homage to Zachary at the beginning. Uh, yeah, yeah. Doctor Wolfenstein. Wolf, Wolf, Doctor Wolfenstein. Yeah. yeah. It, again, right. It shows you that Rob is a monster kid. You know what I mean? Oh, like, that's all, genuine. Yeah. All, and this is a fan making film, and I and that shows in all the best ways, but also I think it shows up in some of the the bad ways too, throughout his career. Sure. I love corpses. Um, Another thing, too, I think that I kind of forgot that not every theater played this. I don't don't know if we got this in Richmond. 
I, I sadly just when you brought up 2003, I was like, that was when I had my DUI, and this was the movie <laughs> I saw after I had a weekend intervention program I had to do. Mm. Is why we were in Dayton. My friends that picked me up, we uh, went on and saw corpses. <laughs> what a fun weekend! Uh, don't drink and drive, kids. Uh, I I I love corpses, and I think the reason I really like it is to me this is Rob Zombie, and and you kind of get a feel of what he is. And that's why I like really enjoy this movie. But kind of like Vinny said, it's um, you know when you when you take on a property though, and it's more you than the property, then sometimes that can uh, you know if I if I know it's an original from Rob Zombie, there's things I've learned to expect. Uh, so the raunchiness and Sherry Moon and uh, and and all kinds of stuff. So. I thought Corpses was fun. It was a little let down the first viewing, but I still enjoyed it. Um, I think Karen Black is fantastic in that. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I think it's some of her best acting, to be perfectly honest with you. Would you say she's better in this than in Burnt Offerings? <laughs> 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 I, I probably would. I would. I probably I would. would. Uh, yeah, my, my only complaint with this one is the Dr. Satan stuff. 100%. Yeah. That feels so forced. I That movie should have ended right before that. Yep, I, I agree. He, I've, I've been pretty kind to it in retrospect. Here are my gripes with it. The red hot pussy liquor scene, completely unnecessary. Why is it, is it just there to show Sherry's butt cheeks? Yes. It really serves no purpose to move the plot. Uh, we like to get fucked up and do fucked up shit. Did you forget that line? No, I didn't forget it. <laughs> That's right up there with Gone with the Wind, Casablanca. <laughs> well, and the thing is, I feel like with that when they were kind of storyboarding the movie, he's like, I'd really like to make one of my album covers come to life. Yeah. That's what that felt like. Well, and, and as we'll see, he has a fetish for showing Sherry's butt cheeks in his movies. <laughs> um, you start to lose me at about an hour and 12 in with the creatures in the well. Yeah. That, it starts to feel... Like it doesn't belong. Yeah. And then Dr. Satan is completely incongruent to the whole rest of the movie. Yeah. Because the rest of it feels Not so neither. rooted in reality and dirty and gritty. Like, I'll never forget the shock of the cops getting killed on property. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Karen Black shooting, uh, what's the actor's name? Is it Tom? Uh, is it Tom? Is that his first name? Oh, you bunch um, of yo-yos? Cows. Yeah, there yeah, you go. yeah. I mean, like that. I, I you didn't expect the and cops the, to die, right? And the cops and, and the cops were great characters. Like yes. he was good, and then you had one of my favorites. Um, Vinny just dropped his pen and threw off my whole train of thought. <laughs> uh, the other cop, Johnny Big Tooth, <laughs> Mister Southernmouth. <laughs> yes. I don't know that actor's name. Uh, give, give it a minute, but yeah, he's great in it. That's the first time we I've met him in a film, and he's gone on to become one of my favorite actors. Who I can't think of his name. He's Uncle Baby Billy in the Fabulous Gemstones or the Righteous Gemstones. What did you just say to me? But, <laughs> but <laughs> Uncle Baby Billy. But by the last ten minutes of the movie, he's completely fucked himself I, with this with the film. I, it just. So it, it's just, the best word is incongruent. It's just incongruent with what he had done. And I think we'll see, as time goes on, it's, it's a thing with him where he just doesn't finish well. Right. I feel like even, because, uh, you know, Dr. St- Satan's mentioned throughout, like, there's, like, Mother's Day, where they mention the weird thing in the woods, and there's, you never see it, and at the end it jumps out. 
I almost feel like if we just never saw a scene with Dr. Satan and maybe just jumped out at the end, it would have been effective. But yeah, yeah. I do agree that the end of the movie, it, it, it doesn't feel like it went to no, that No, it movie. goes a complete, completely different direction. It's just odd. An odd choice. Walton Goggins. Is well, hell, name. why didn't we not have that on tip of our time? You just don't know Walton Goggins <laughs> off tip of your head? Come on, he was in Sons of Anarchy. All teeth and foreheads. <laughs> Justified, hateful eight. Hateful eight, yeah. Predators, Django Unchained. Um, yeah. It's pronounced Django. Django. <laughs> the D is silent. Um, uh, I also had a buddy who always referred to this movie as House of a Thousand Costumes. <laughs> and he's not wrong. not wrong. When you watch it again, he is not wrong at all. Yeah. Yeah, and I also think, I said this before, but I think Otis in this film is channeling Matthew McConaughey's character from Chainsaw 4. <laughs> and I do uh, theories. I can't no, think. I don't think you're wrong. Uh, I just went blank on the other brother's name. but I, Tiny? I, yeah, Tiny's never mentioned enough, but Tiny I thought was a good character. Matthew McGrory, God rest his soul. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Tiny was visually stunning. Yes. Oh, yeah. When you saw him. Yes. In anything. I mean, this... Rejects, yes. Big Fish, uh, Bubble Boy. I mean, when he's eating the cereal off that spoon, <laughs> it's one of the grossest things. <laughs> and the cereal's called Agatha Crispies. <laughs> <laughs> and his shirt says "Cheap Ass Halloween Costume." <laughs> you have that, don't you? I wish. That's what he's went as for the last eight years. <laughs> <laughs> so I think we've said enough about corpses. We've, we've, yeah. You know, fine. At the end of the day. It took, you know, almost 20 years, but I have come around on House of a Thousand Corpses, and it is something that I do watch with some regularity. And I don't think there's any way to say enough for most of us who had not been introduced to Sid Haig before. Like, there's just no way to describe how he captured the whole thing. Like, the moment, every time he's on scene, you're like, who the fuck is this guy and why have I never seen him in anything yeah. before yeah. And, it, and it goes back to with Tarantino he brought him back for Jackie Brown mm-hmm. as the judge in there so yep. it's like you got these guys that love the 70's movies that also appreciated him mm-hmm. yeah. which I only knew him from Spider Baby from with my dad I, I didn't know all the 70's movies I didn't know him at all you didn't watch Big Bird Cage with your yeah. dad we weren't checking that I, I love yeah. the Big Bird Cage <laughs> but yeah I never I never saw that till after I I saw this same movie here I went back and watched the Hag movies um, I, I will say too another point to bring up is how much Rob Zombie has been used right before Corpses came out like his songs and stuff in horror films and so I think that's another thing that people were anticipating was well he's already like every horror movie you're going to see if his song's not in the movie, it's in the trailer. Well, and that too. I mean, mainstream wise, like he was, like he was mainstream. There was deeper cuts, but like he was mainstream horror metal at the time. Sure, you know, what I mean, he was a good gateway artist. Yeah. So, but uh, moving along, uh, we get the sequel, The Devil's Rejects, in 2005. Mm-hmm. The Devil's Rejects. Uh, the first thing I want to tell you about The Devil's Rejects is that the professor and I saw this in the theater with a group of friends, and. Our friend's then-girlfriend, now-wife, walked out of the theater. <laughs> and so that's how I knew we were watching something special. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's a sweet girl. Sweet and girl. she just was not having it. Kind heart. Rejects was not for her. Yeah. This is probably, I think, his masterpiece is Devil's Rejects. I would agree. I mean, it, it's argue. I think it's arguable for. It's up there as one of his better ones. Yeah. The, as 
time goes on, I like House of a Thousand Corpses more myself. I think it's more accessible. I wouldn't have said that even probably five years ago. Yeah. I always thought of Devil's Rejects as his best. Um, but, I don't know. House of a Thousand Corpses, I think, it might surprise people with its shelf life. Yeah. I hated this movie the first time I saw it. I mean, hated it. I I famously always said I liked it the first time I saw it when it was called uh, Natural Born Killers. <laughs> uh, I, especially in this movie, I don't think Sherry's a good actress. Yeah, I'm sorry if you're listening to the show, Sherry. <laughs> Broke her heart. Not your not your best performance. Um, and famously, I am not a fan of rape scenes in movies or semi-rapey. And the scene in the hotel room put me off this movie for a long fucking time. This is a tough movie for a lot of different scenes. Which I'm having that inscribed on Vinny's headstone on the back. <laughs> Didn't like rape in movies. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's where that's that's he breaks take. from us on that. Yeah, it's a hot take, I know. Kind uh, <laughs> of. I mean, but, but that scene Father, more... husband, didn't like rape scenes in movies. <laughs> uh, that scene more than anything is, is what put me off of that movie. Now, I believe that uh, I, have, I have said before on the show, I think I finally discovered... Why those types of scenes put me off a movie so bad, and it's because I was exposed to "I Spit on Your Grave" too young. <laughs> oh yeah, that would do it. And I finally pinpointed that as why it gives me so that's, much trouble. That's one of your uh, triggers. So as the years have gone by, I have revisited Rejects every so often to see if my opinion has changed. Most of the time, that answer is no. Uh, but as of late, I think that I have become. Well, Grizz made us a list of all of the movies that we've covered on this show. Merry Christmas. And <laughs> took some time. And it's a shitload of movies. And and not counting the movies <clears throat> I've watched on my own time separate from the show, I'm desensitized at this point to that kind of thing. So it doesn't affect me the same way now. Now you love Rio. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you should see our text messages. So so with this particular viewing of Rejects, I was a lot more forgiving this time. Um, I still don't think that this is some cinematic, cinematic masterpiece like some people will paint it to be. Um, I still think in a lot of ways that Rob Zombie, this movie, and others that follow kind of feel like a fan film. It almost feels like it's not a professional filmmaker who's making them. Um, uh, the semi-scene, of course, is unforgettable. But the thing that irked me the most about this movie this time around was, hey, Rob, why don't you have him say tootie fucking fruity one more time? <laughs> They do wear that one out. Wear it the fuck out. Yeah. And 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 this movie also is bothersome to me. And again, we all know how we talk. The profanity is just too much. Like to a point where it, who really talks like that? You know what I'm saying? Like other than maybe the guys on Trailer Park Boys. <laughs> yeah. I think that's where we start to get some dialogue uh, control of his. Yeah. Like completely. Like the first one had started to finally get some footing yeah and so he kind of was getting to do what he wanted there yeah so Vinny, does that kind of wrap up your initial thoughts yeah we dig in yeah yeah i i I, just to say that i've kind of come around okay 
Good, good, good. Well, you clearly never went to Denny's with Chad. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, shoot. Or the Burr Family Restaurant. (laughs) Water in a bucket. A lot of inside jokes happening right now. So, just initial thoughts on uh, Rejects. I, I really like Rejects. I think it's a great movie. Um, I do agree, Professor. I think time as time goes on, probably corpses might be the more like pinnacle. You know, like if you want Rob Zombie, look at corpses. But I think Rejects. I I wasn't crazy about Rejects the first time just because it was so tonally different from Corpses. Sure. Like I wanted homage, silly, fun sort of stuff. Rejects is not much fun. It's a totally it, different movie. No. Otis Driftwood is not the same character. No. It transitions into seedy grindhouse crime. You know, still rooted heavily in 70s movies. Yeah. But it's you're right. It's a completely different movie. Yeah, and it's not that it's not done well. I think it's done really well. I think I, it's best suited for his skill set. Yeah, I, I think it's a great movie. I am oddly attracted to him in this movie. Who, Otis? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, woo! He, he woo. said, he said, that, a, said that with a... a oh, yeah. Get this man an ice pack. <laughs> uh, yeah, so... <laughs> <laughs> Waiting for us uh, to throw water on him and ruin the recording equipment. <laughs> so, the, yeah, that said, I really like the film. We'll obviously talk about the reasons why as we get into it, but initial thoughts? Yeah, same thing. I, I like the, the crime aspect, kind of making them notorious and getting them out of the weird world that we had in that first movie uh, and on the run and kind of playing with a lot of the pitfalls of those chase crime movies. Mm-hmm. I think it's it's really entertaining. I think that, like I said, I think this is best suited for his skill set and what he has to offer. Like yeah. as we go through these movies and looking back on it now, I think for his brand, this is the peak. I think that, like I said, House of a Thousand Corpses is going to attract new fans down the road who who weren't alive experiencing these movies when they came out. Um, but yeah, I think this is best suited for him. Yeah. It is, because um, I kind of feel like they're, they're almost like the heroes, but he doesn't make them the heroes in this movie, which works, because they, they've done way too much shark shit. But kind of like when they kill they kill the their mother, but... She's still done all this crazy... Like, you killed these cops that didn't even know what was going on. Like, you kind of are getting what you deserve. That's the brilliance of this. Um, Professor, help me out with the, the main sh- sheriff in this. The actor. Oh. Uh, we met him at a con. Nice guy. He's in every movie ever. I'm just drawing a Brian Co- Oh, William, William Forsyth. William Forsyth, yeah. Todd, you nailed it on the head. I think that's the genius of this film. Is that you're not sympathetic for them, but you are almost rooting for them by the end of the movie. Because Forsyth has gone full vigilante. They've made this family a little more sympathetic. They've tried to. To really mess with your brain. I mean, honestly. And so it's like... I think you're giving too much credit to the writing process. (laughs) That That was intentional, a trick to your brain. I think that Rob Zombie thinks those kinds of things are cool. Like Charlie Manson and people like that are cool. And so he tried to make them cool. And I think the problem with the movie is that there are nobody is likable. Mm. I think that's the problem. You can't, by the end of that, get me to root for a person who murders and sexually assaults people. You know what I think Vinny needs? 
A cigarette? Some tootie fucking fruity. <laughs> tootie fucking fruity. <laughs> tootie fucking fruity. Yeah. So, yeah. No, I'm not saying I was cheering for them or something. No, but, it, but there is. that's how it's presented. By the end, these guys are presented as heroes. tragic heroes. And so I think really what's happened here is a line has been drawn down the middle of this group where we've got a pro-rape and an against rape. <laughs> <laughs> I never said pro. No, 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 no. Don't no. no, it up now, Todd. Don't paint me. I'm just saying, Oz, I watched a little differently than maybe you. Uh, your erection was not included in this. <laughs> um, yeah. Now, is prison rape okay? No. No. no <laughs> never. No means no, Todd. What if he's asking for it by wearing you know, his full cell block outfit? So, the premise of this film is that uh, the Firefly family is finally getting caught. And they roll up on the, the house... Which is actually not the house from the first movie. <laughs> so yeah. there's a or, or the mom. Yeah. Because she's from Police Academy. We got a different mom. Yep. Yeah. Which, why did Karen Black not come back? Did Does she, anybody know? Did she die? No. She, she, she died later. Oh, okay. Yeah. I think it was just money. Yeah. What, what, what offers was she getting other than this at this point? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Whatever. Get a Ouija board and ask her. <laughs> <laughs> but I do love uh, uh, Priscilla Barnes, so. Yeah, um, you're right. Though I mean, nobody's who, knocking down her who door. Who's Priscilla Barnes? Police she Academy took over for the mom, and yeah, she's, she's mom. from Police Academy. Wasn't that Leslie Esterbrook? Sorry, what did I say? Priscilla. Yeah, Barnes. Priscilla Barnes is a victim. Leslie Esterbrook. Esterbrook. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that the name of the movie? Is that the name of the movie? I don't know. I've, I just had a stroke. The movie's called Devil's Reach. No, you just had actresses mixed up. You're not okay. off. Yeah. Both in the movie. So cops show up in force. Going to capture the fireflies. Uh, Otis dies. Uh, no, Otis does not die. No, Otis Rufus. <laughs> he looked at me like I was crazy. <laughs> no one. I'm sorry. Have about we the seen pro this movie? Joke. It threw everyone off. You have. You have befuddled us. Rufus dies. You, Mom you, gets arrested. Tiny was out in the woods defiling a corpse. That's. that's I thought you were getting ready to go into the the dirty. Was the night before Christmas poem like sisters on the corner yelling pussies for sale, which what is the also the plot of a Rob Zombie movie. Todd had a stroke uh, a little bit. So a small toast. Otis and baby get away. They make a baby, <laughs> and I love what I what I think too is also going into the character development further is when they are escaping. And Baby is taunting the cheerleaders or the women they have chained up in the oh. house by, like, kicking their fence on the way out. Mm-hmm. Like, just like, ugh, God, they are despicable. They yeah. are the devil's rejects. Dumb and mean. Yeah. They get away, um, and then they contact Captain Spaulding. Is he Cutter? What do they call him? They, is he revealed as Cutter when he goes to his brother's place? Is that when you finally hear that name? I can't remember which one's Cutter. Because Otis calls him that too. Because Otis does not like Captain Spaulding. No, Otis is or Otis is not Cutter slash Captain Spaulding's son, but Baby Spaulding is. is the father of Baby. Yeah, this is kind of like this is a like, Rob Zombie like, made a Jallo. We're all lost as fuck. I was right now. Say, it's almost like Rob Zombie's version of Flowers in the Attic. <laughs> So, yeah, so they contact him, and they're, we're going to meet at the place, right? They, they know where they're meeting, uh, which is the Kahiki Palms. Um, things to say up to this point. I Am I the only one who noticed, it seems like uh, 
Spalding is wearing a plate this time on his teeth. Mm. Mm. Or they just made him extra filthy in the first movie. I well, they look grosser in the second one. Uh, I almost okay. feel like there's a plate because his gums are really dark as well. Gotcha. Just a small thing that I yeah. noticed in it. Don't we make you laugh? Yes, that scene. You know where uh, I was just at that weird location. Yeah. Spalding is PJ Souls is the mother. Yes, mm-hmm. I would argue that Spalding is this only likable character in the movie, and while he is. A murderer and violent towards women. He's not Otis Driftwood, who is sexually assaulting women and murdering them. So, and he's just, I think, got quippier lines. Whereas Otis is, there is a little bit of dark humor with Otis, but Otis is evil. pretty cryptic in this movie. Yeah, I mean, and he's evil incarnate in this film. Yeah. Oh, he's the worst. Yeah. Like. He's yeah. taking delight in making things painful, scary. I mean, he's sadistic. Yeah. Um, yeah, so we get to Kahiki Palms. Uh, they make their way into a hotel room because Baby seduces um, one of the old men, uh, played by... Jeffrey Lewis. Jeffrey Lewis. Who I did not know was Juliet Lewis's dad. Dead what? serious. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't find that out. I learned I, that recently. I didn't learn that until like the last year and it blew my mind. Yeah. I did not know that. Um, I know him from the Clint Eastwood movies, Every Which mm-hmm. Way You Get Loose and Any Which Way You Can. And Salem's Lot. Yeah, we love him from Salem's Lot. Uh, <laughs> is he the guy you were talking about in the Dracula porno? No. No. That's, uh, <laughs> um Gets in there, and so the, we get into this room. Um, Lou Temple is one of the other guys in there, but also their roadie is Brian Posehn. And little known fact is that I was the stunt double for Brian <laughs> Posehn in this film. I only bring that up because last night, yet another stranger told me that I was like Brian Posehn. <laughs> and nothing upsets my wife more. <laughs> uh, for the record, I have never teased you about that. Uh, every time I see Brian Posehn, now that... After you had told me that that is who people tell you you look like, I think of that every time and laugh every single time. I did see him at LAX airport, and he was just like, in a hurry, it looked like I didn't want to bother him, but I wanted to be like, man, can we get a picture? People say we look alike. (laughs) Did you guys stay in there doing the Groucho Marks mirror bit for a minute? No, he looked like he was very stressed out. I didn't want to bug him. I did talk to Common on that same trip, though. Um, yeah. Uh, boy, things get really dark in that hotel room. Uh, yeah. 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 It's the guys and their wives. They're a traveling music act. Uh, you know, Otis, hold them all at gunpoint. Brian Post saying, they're like, oh, you didn't, who the fuck is that? You didn't tell us there was someone else. Said, oh, that's that dipshit that's with we us. We probably should give a horny warning. For people that gets really hot. <laughs> Bring him in. He goes, oh, who are you guys? <laughs> they just shoot him right in front of everybody. Yeah, that's pretty messed up. People start barfing and crying, and that's where the fun begins. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, from there, I mean... It just keeps getting darker. Yeah. Like, this movie doesn't let up. No. no. It is a tour de force. And there's really no plot. It's just, they're at the shootout at the beginning... And they go on the run. Yeah. And it's just a movie of them on the run. Right. But yeah, I mean, that hotel scene's... Natural born killers. You know, I mean, it's... Yeah. 
or Badlands, if you will, <laughs> the yeah. recent one we just covered. Um, yeah, so not a whole lot to say. I mean, just great acting all around. I mean, from well, from save for somebody. From <laughs> <laughs> okay, Sherry. Dirty knees. <laughs> look at these. Yeah. <laughs> and it, oh, oh great! You have you have upset the dog now. Like a little different than Dracula. So. <laughs> Where do we go from here? I mean, Spalding comes, meets up with them. Uh, Otis takes the guys out to, to dig up these guns that he's got hidden. And I mean, another dark turn there. You know, he's, that's when he says, I'm the devil and I'm here to do the devil's work. That's when our friend's girlfriend walked out of Which the Which does also lends itself to what you're saying with thinking Manson's cool. Because that is a direct line from Tex Watson. Yeah. When they were at the Tate residence. Yeah. Yeah. And Rob, uh, uh, this... And I could be wrong, but this screams to me that Rob Zombie's the type of guy who has a certain bit of worship for serial killers. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, so... So, so they make a move on Otis. Otis takes a pretty good ass beating to immediately turn it back around on two people. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, this motherfucker is indestructible. <laughs> takes that, it takes a couple hard blows, but it... Like, ah, fuck it. Turns it right around on him. And fucks those dudes up. Yeah. Evil, evil incarnate, man. Sometimes, I mean, that's his role in this movie. Yeah. He's a bad man yeah. in this. In the meantime, you're back at the hotel and babies. It just kind of fucking... It just mean-spirited, but in a very childish way. Mm-hmm. The one woman has to pee, so she's making one slap the other one in the face as hard as she can to get permission to go. Like, Yeah. Like I said, there's not really a likable character in this movie. No. On on the side of the law or the side of, of the bad guys. There's not a... That's my biggest... I think that's the hardest time I have with this movie is there's really not a likable character. Closest is Captain Spaulding. Mm-hmm. And even he's a fucking turd. Yeah. Uh, and you get to see... I know that you were keeping count. Sherry's butt again. Of course you do. <laughs> Because that's how Rob Zombie cuts himself to America. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So we finish, we, we finish at the hotel. Let's just put it that way. We hit the road, and we are going to uh, Spalding's partner in crime, which is played by Ken Foree, who runs a little uh, brothel village, if you will. And that's where we enter the third act of the film. Not much else. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's uh, just in fairness, it's kind of hard to talk about because it's just them on the run. Yeah. From one spot to another. You get a little bit of comedic <laughs> relief here uh, with Ken Free and the people we got there and the way he interacts with his uh, lady workers. Yeah. Um, but by and large, it just stays <clears throat> seedy. And I think yeah. the chicken fucker seems stupid. I think yeah. it is so dumb. Rhode Island Red! And so lowbrow. You like what you like. I'm somewhere in the middle on that. Like, <laughs> it, it is pretty lowbrow, but it's kind of funny seeing Michael Berryman get to be stupid. Get upset. Yeah. Michael Berryman, accomplished actor. Good to be silly. <clears throat> yeah, but this movie is chock full of people, too. So this is something... Oh, yeah. This film, the the first film, you know, you get... Karen Black. Yeah. Sid Haig. Yeah, obviously. You get you get a handful to start with, but this every turn in this PJ film yeah. has and... somebody in yeah. it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, Which is something that I do respect about his movie. Like I said earlier. Your favorite, E.G. Daly. Yes, Dottie from Pee-wee's Big Adventure. Yeah. I mean, just everywhere you turn in this one is another face. Yeah. Um, And speaking of faces, the sheriff hires Diamond Dallas Page and Danny Trejo (laughs) to be bounty hunters to hunt the family down, which they do, which gives us our kind of... Yeah, because at this point, the Devil's Rejects have let their guard down. They're party and they think they're safe. Yes. Until... Until here come the long arm of the law. <laughs> yep. So they deliver him to the sheriff, and uh, we go to the house for a final standoff. He nails them all to chairs, sets the house on fire. Which, frankly, I don't get the sympathy for them. I'm loving every minute of this guy <laughs> torturing these fucking assholes. Yeah. I, I a lot of people. You get that sympathy for him. I personally don't for these characters. I love watching them get tortured. <laughs> Yeah. And then Tiny shows up. Tiny fucked a stump. (laughs) (laughs) Messes up the sheriff. Family gets away. And we get the epic Freebird finale on the long stretch of highway. Yeah, they see the the police have the road blocked off. They're locked and loaded. They're bloody. They're beaten. It's time for one last stand. They gather their wits, load their weapons, and go... Hit the gas straight into the line of fire where they catch a fucking billion bullets. <laughs> no less than 2,000 bullets. They found one Louise did. And roll credits with, uh, who's the artist? Oh, uh, Terry Reed. Terry Reed. Oh, so, that music's so good. Supposed to be the original lead singer for Led Zeppelin. Yep. Right? Yeah. Great sa- Another great soundtrack. This soundtrack is killer. Mm-hmm. You know, is. and I'll say pay this kindness. Didn't shit the bed on the ending of this movie. Nope. Because I, I, <laughs> we'll I bring that up later. Yeah, <laughs> that's the thing. I I felt zero sympathy for him either. But it's weird because I feel like at some point, that's almost why they were going with it too. And then I think that's why there's not a lot of likable characters, also because they they're doing, there's just bad shit on both sides the whole movie. But they definitely got what they deserved. Zero sympathy. They're all dead. Or are they? We'll find to be continued. Uh, This is where this is where this story ends for me. (laughs) But we'll talk about that. By God. So yeah. All right. So that's the Devils rejects. All right. Moving along. So just a little short blump here, but Werewolf Women of the SS, which was the fake trailer, which I would love to see this movie. Oh yeah. Uh, But a little fake trailer in the Grindhouse movie. Um, but uh, Nick Cage is Fu Manchu. <laughs> <laughs> There's so many people in this one. Um, mm. Mosley's in the trailer. Michael, my my girlfriend, Sybil Danning. Sybil oh. Danning, of course, mm. of course. They didn't bring back. Uh, I got a little weird when we met her. Who played Ilsa? Diane Thorne. Is she in this? Mm-mm. Oh, okay. But but they were definitely going for that. That's though. what it's based. Yeah, they were. They were she Wolf of the SS. Yeah, definitely. Um. Yeah, so mostly yeah, I already said that. Uh, so much fun. Tom, Tom, Tom Towles is in it, and does Sherry show her butt cheeks in that? <laughs> Probably I think she does. Yeah. Well, it's only two minutes, but yes, <laughs> three times to be precise. Uh, yeah, for those of you who don't know, if you if you watch if you have the the Grindhouse as a feature as a double feature, 
um, of Planet Terror and uh, Death Proof, you get fake trailers in between, and it's a lot of fun. That's one of them. I really, I mean, they did Machete. I really wish they would make the other movies. Yeah, Machete became real. Mm-hmm. Uh, you get this, you get Eli Roth's Thanksgiving, and, and you don't. get don't. Simon, or no, who's... Uh, Cow? No. Birch? Who did the don't trailer? Frost. Was it Frost? Nick Frost. Yeah. Is that his name? Fuck you guys. Is it Frost? Sean of the Dead? Nick Frost is the big friend. Oh, no. Who's the Oh, other? what's the director? Edgar Wright. Right. Edgar Wright. Yeah, so Edgar, Edgar Wright, Wright does don't. the don't. Don't. If you're going to see this movie, don't. don't. <laughs> Which I have to say, I thought of I thought of that trailer when I watched your picture. Don't go the house. <laughs> yeah. Don't. So, lots of fun. Yeah, and, and a fun side story. Uh, when we met Bill Mosley for the first time, that's what I had him sign. He had, he had fan art posters of this. And it wasn't until a few weeks later that Professor was like, it's a bold move to get a poster with a swastika on it autographed to hang up in your house. So I was like, thanks for telling me now. <laughs> I, on the other hand, uh, just last year finally got an uh, 8x10 for Bill Mosley of Chop Top, and he signed it, uh, lick my plate, you dog dick. And that's what hangs in my house. I yeah. think that is on mine. He signed mine, hope it don't rust the barrels. And I was like, oh, man. <laughs> oh, I wish it would have been Vinny's. <laughs> I would not have gotten an Otis Driftwood picture signed. <sighs> so, yeah. All right. What's next, Toddy? All right. So, moving along to a little-known movie called Halloween 2000, or 2007. So, same year as the short. Yeah. So, we're not going to spend much time on Halloween or Halloween 2. Because uh, we've talked about them at length, I think, on the Halloween well, Hall- Halloween 2 is 2009, so that's the next two. Um, I will point out, I hadn't watched Halloween in a while, and we watched it a couple years ago mm-hmm. together. And I was like, why am I enjoying this? Because I liked Halloween when it came out. It kind of lost me along the way, and I realized the reason I liked what we were watching, we were watching the, the R-rated theatrical version. And all the like extra garbage that's that's even mm. even more in the unrated cut, all of that's gone. Yeah, if you if, if you want to watch this one, get a hold of the the theatrical cut. And same thing with Halloween too. I saw that um, when it came out. That's I I think the only one I own on DVD because that's to my knowledge the only way you can have the theatrical cut is DVD. But it's better, and I hate saying that it's better than a director's cut, but it is better. Hit, if you want to hear us talk at length about these, episode 100, is it one, 97? 97 98. or 98? 98. Uh, we talk about the whole Halloween franchise, and we talk about this movie, these movies at length. Uh, I have said it a million times, and uh, uh, Sean, I hope you're listening, because you always enjoy when I talk about <laughs> these movies. Um, I always say cut off the first 20 minutes when you're talking about it, and then I've been... It's been pointed out to me that it is more like 40 minutes of backstory. And even John Carpenter says that that's where he fucked up. Um, still not a big fan of the... Like, I think after that point, it's fine. I do like the stuff in the Asylum where the making of the paper mache masks is part of his, his psychosis. And I do like uh, the whole thing with Danny Trejo as the guard. That even doesn't matter that he treated Michael well for years. Yeah, that was Michael. Rough. Yeah, Michael's just evil. So I did like all of that. Uh, and in two, the only kindness that I will pay to two is that at least Rob went a different direction with uh, how the events in the first one affected Laurie. Mm-hmm. 
So I will give him credit for that, but as a whole, I, I absolutely do not like that. Well, I hate Laurie in the second movie, and I agree with you, but I, he doesn't get enough credit that as many movies were in the, the pipeline of Halloween, that this was like, at least, it, the, the beginning was such a cool homage to the original Halloween 2, and then after that, it's, it's, it's his own take on Halloween, which is, you know. I hate what he did with Dr. Loomis. Oh yeah, I definitely hate that. There's, there's more things I hate about it than like, but, um. Again, good actors that pop up. Um, the only thing I would have liked to have seen is we've never had a Halloween three, but I don't. I think Rob Zombie did the movie the way he did because this to him was it. Well, if I remember correctly, he didn't even want to make the second one. Yeah. Nope. they were they were basically doing it one way or the other, so he got control of it and killed it, basically. Which is in terms of storyline, which like is weird because I didn't want him to make the first one. <laughs> <laughs> well, and we talked off mic, and I think it's important to point out before we move on. The, the the outlook on these movies has changed even more so even since we did the episode 98 because we've had a whole new cycle of legitimate Halloween movies come out. When With these Rob Zombie films, they, they were really filling a void that we hadn't had filled for quite a while. Yeah. And so there was a lot of forgiveness out of necessity, if, if no other reason, um, for people to enjoy these. And so... We, uh, for instance, Toddy and I did a, a tour around Pasadena with filming locations, and a lot of that stuff we did on our own, but we also did an actual guided one with a group, and they took us around to some of the Rob Zombie ones, and that's when it all clicked for me. I was like, I don't even care. And then I was like, oh, like these movies aren't living very long with me. Like, at the time, they were fine, but, I mean, it hadn't even... You know, but been a decade, and I already just, I don't really care about them. I, I'd like, still rather watch these in Resurrection. <laughs> Oh yeah, hundred yeah. percent. I think I think when these came out too, like um, you know, we weren't when a movie's being remade. That's it for the original franchise. Where now it's like, man, time don't exist. Like Spider Man, you know, the next cycle of Halloween movies could be anything. It could be uh, a continuation of the original. 80s movies, who knows? But, I think a lot of the controversy was forced out of necessity, though, because yeah. that's all people had yeah. for the franchise, and now that we've got yeah. a whole cycle of movies happening, nobody's talking about these as much anymore. Yeah. No. Yeah. yeah, you still don't find Ro- uh, John Carpenter's Halloween in the $5 bin at Walmart. Very but true. You, but you find Rob Zombie's Halloween in $5 bin. Yeah, I still like the first one well enough. I don't I don't dislike it, but exactly what Professor said, I don't. I don't find myself coming back to it as much anymore now that we've got the new line. I, I, I think the best thing going for both movies was Tyler Maine playing agree. Michael Myers. The big, brutal size oh, yeah. and violence. Yep. Yep. All right. Moving right along. Next, we have a gem, The Haunted World of El Super Bisto, 2009. <laughs> this will be brief. Anybody else want to go first? <clears throat> I like the animation. The animation's done well. That's very nice. Nothing I else. watched. I think I watched it one time, and that was enough for me. I don't think I ever made it through it. I think it's probably my favorite animated feature ever made in the history. <laughs> of nah, it's the animation's fine, and there's some fun nods genre wise, but it's it's kind of a taxing watch. It's like trash. by twenty minutes in, you're just kind of like eh, novelty's completely worn off. I I was very excited for this because it was going to be another feature that tied in the characters that I like. Uh, Super Bisto was a Lucha Libre Lucha stuff Luchador and I was excited for that but man 20 minutes in I'm like this is this is what me and Professor would have made in 10th grade 
uh, with the language and the sex. And <laughs> yeah. like, I was like, oh, this is We so probably would have been smarter even then. True. Uh, it was just so dumb. Do do, babe. I, I watched it when it came out. I got it through uh, Netflix by disc, and I, I didn't like it. And I was like, oh. So years later, I found it at Goodwill. And I was like, oh, I'll give two bucks and try it again, thinking maybe I just was having a bad night. And I was not having a bad night. It's a bad movie. <laughs> and then you used it for skeet shooting. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I, I didn't feel like skeet, anyone else skeet. in the world needed it. So I don't Yeah, I got rid of it. Like, I'm, I'm not a completist. I don't need to own it. So there you go. That's, that's all we got to say about that. Uh, moving along to Lords of Salem, 2012. <laughs> Let me tell you all this. You watched this movie on pause for... <laughs> Last night, <laughs> I finished revisiting Three from Hell. I was kind of dozing off. I was like, uh, I've watched Lords of Salem enough, but maybe I'll just put it on for the hell of it. Let me tell you, staying in this house... Alone, because my wife is out of town. Uh, you really ought not watch a movie as you're dozing in and out where people keep waking up to freaky shit next to their bed. <laughs> Did not sleep well last night. But I'm not saying it's a great movie. I'm just saying it got me pretty good last night for the setting I was did, sitting did in. Did you occasionally wake up to Meg Foster's bush? <laughs> I did. <laughs> Wait a minute. I thought that was Willem Dafoe. <laughs> After a fire. <laughs> uh, so you'll notice we did. Y'all welcome, by the way, for that one. You notice we didn't lay down a plot for Super Beasto because there is no plot for Super Beasto. <laughs> but Lords of Salem is basically Salem and uh, this kind of witch's cult from back in the day. And all of a sudden now they're, uh, this record shows up to a radio station. I where... feel like this is trick or treat, but, but a more serious tone. Yeah, a little bit. You got Sherry, the Geico Caveman. Surprise. Who's the Geico Caveman? What's his name? Jeff Daniel Phillips. Jeff Daniel Phillips and uh, Ken <laughs> Foree. They're DJs. Um, and they get this mysterious record. And it's the Lords. And it's this creepy old ass too. Which, I, man, the music in this. Royals. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody get this man another drink. I was hoping he'd mash it into Crabtree. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so... Sherry lives in this apartment building where these weird ladies live. She's kind of slipping into psychosis, seeing things. Boom, there's your setup. I, I will say, I think this is probably her best acting. I would agree. And I will 100% agree. Mile. I feel like a lot of people hate on this movie. I like this movie until the end. Yep. The first, Sounds familiar. The first two acts of Lords of Salem are his best directing. Yeah. And then completely misses the mark. And the, the music... Goes nowhere with I it. will say, too, the music The music is eerie, and it's, it's it fits well. It's really good. It's got a good feeling until it becomes eyes wide shut, and that's when I'm like, eh. It's another visually stunning. Absolutely. I didn't, know, I didn't want to steal that from you. Nope. <laughs> you're absolutely right. Uh, I echo the sentiments of when I watched it the first time... Uh, I was surprised pleasantly. There was no excessive cursing. Nope. That was such a big part and detrimental, frankly, to his earlier works. Um, I felt like the dialogue was much stronger. It was better written. Sherry absolutely came off like a professional actress in this one. And, and maybe I'm the dummy who didn't realize that was part of the shtick she was doing early on. I would... I personally think she just matured as an actress, but maybe I'm the dummy. 
But she her acting was really good in this one. Uh, initial watching, the third act totally lost me. This second watch, the ending didn't bother me as bad this time. It's pretty... I mean, it's, It gets better. It's still weird know. and psychedelic, and I still think that blowing a priest and priests jerking off is cheap heat. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's unnecessary, and it's just fucking shock value is all that shit is. It's totally unnecessary to what he's doing. Well, well go ahead. But as a whole... <laughs> um, Upon this second watching, and I maybe it's because I knew what to expect with the ending. I knew that shit was going to get wild, so maybe it was slightly easier for me to follow what was happening this time. Uh, but I actually enjoyed this movie more this time. Than I, I guess this has kind of been a hallmark uh, for me for every one we've covered so far, except for the Halloween movies. Upon this more recent watch, I'm much more forgiving of, of the movie. It's almost like the more shitty movies we watch, the better <laughs> Rob Zombie's canon <laughs> yeah. becomes. Yeah. No. Uh, I, I think really if you look at the trajectory of, of his career, he gave everything he had with this. Yeah. And he, it wasn't even enough to finish the movie. And then if you, as we'll discuss from here on out. Yeah. I mean, now he shot a shot. Yeah, he's got <laughs> the one he's working on now with the monsters, and we'll see how that goes. But I have not been a fan of anything after this. Nope. But th- the reason I, that it frustrates me with this because if I'm being honest, I would almost tie this with the Devil's Rejects in terms of my ranking mm-hmm. of his movies. Like, I enjoy it, but what frustrates me is the way it's built up on mystery. And we've got uh, Bruce Davidson's character investigating yeah. and wanting to learn, and it goes nowhere. Yeah, any of that. He's a he's a great character. Yeah, to add to the film, we've got the, the investigative angle. We've got the plight of the woman that we're following and her life and and what she's experiencing with this, and it collides into nothing, to just chaos and imagery and like it. It was just it was a cop out. It was a really, really good setup that they didn't utilize. And that's my problem with it. I still like the movie overall. But and, it reminds me of the end of Lars von Trier's Antichrist. Yeah. Like, it blends like, so much of those endings together. It's I enjoy it like he's saying more after that. Mm-hmm. The repeat viewings are are better. Because that was very frustrating the first time. Oh, very. Yeah. And I so I I feel like also this is one of those movies uh in particular that's uh that that meme that we share every now and then of the movie I'm watching versus the movie I'm watching when my family walks in. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Lords of Salem. Yeah. Best watched if you set up dildos on each arm of your chair <laughs> to have for the ending. Yay. Uh, so next, uh, 31, 2016. I've made everybody uncomfortable twice now. <laughs> that's, just, that's how Todd watches movies. <laughs> Not true. <laughs> okay. They're called back massages. <laughs> <laughs> so, 2016? 2016? What'd you say? Yeah. What's the movie? 31. <laughs> 31. Oh, uh, boy. Talk about one I was not optimistic going into. I, I'm This la- uh, last night was my first viewing. Really? First viewing. My only note is Ador Filler. <laughs> Going public with that one. Yeah, run on that one. Go see if it gets uh, get some good feedback. <laughs> so this uh, 
I watched it the first time. Didn't this is my second viewing? I watched it a few days ago for the second time. Please don't spend more than thirty seconds on the plot because he didn't. <laughs> yeah, um, I remember watching it the first time and didn't hate it, but it was completely forgettable. Completely forgettable. Like I could. This remember. was definitely phoned in. This was every movie he's ever made, plus the Hunger Games. What was the Hunger Games that they ripped off? Battle Royale. Well, the yeah, Running yeah. Man is really what it's based on. Yeah. This one, yeah. Yeah, so I mean, it's just, uh, so we go back in time again, and we're so, we're trying to do retro, we're doing juvenile script again, it's so like, just like, horny teenagers talking on the script at the beginning. Horny teenagers played by 55 plus actors. And he wants to exactly. use the uh, sepia aged effect on the footage of... Oh, it's just so cliche. There's only one person in this movie that makes it worth oh, watching. Oh, yeah. Richard Brake. Richard Brake. That's it. The rest of this movie is complete gibberish. Just nothing. Yeah. Like, it looks like he made this because he had to. Oh, yeah. Like, I want to do this, so I'll make this. Yep. That's exactly what it looks like. Well, then, allow me to chime in. Please. So, I saw this in the theater. This may be the what? only Rob Zombie th- movie I've ever seen <laughs> in the theater. I went with Brian Blair to go see it. And you got, like, free tickets. It's playing in Indianapolis. We went okay. and saw it. Um... I didn't hate it when I watched it. I was like, okay, like because I still had a pretty strong distaste for Rob Zombie's you movies. You like it because of E.G. Daly. <laughs> so I don't know. I'm weirded out by Dottie being dressed like that. Uh, so I watched. It, I was like, okay, and Brian wasn't thrilled, and I realized it was because I hadn't seen the thing that he was quote paying homage to, or as I say, ripping off. So it didn't smack of something I had already seen like it did other people. Now, I have pulled up right now. uh, Rob Zombie was trying to get a movie made about the Philadelphia Flyers hockey team. team. And it was going nowhere. So Zombie, and I'm, I'm reading a quote here from an article. Zombie told Fangoria in a recent interview, this is obviously older, Going into more detail, he added, I've been working on it for two years and the project was just dragging and taking forever, talking about the hockey movie. One day, I was just frustrated and talking to my manager when I said, I could probably pitch a movie right now off the top of my head and it would get made tomorrow. And I did. I just pitched the idea. I basically made up the idea for 31 on the spot and how we could sell that and that's how it came about. Zombie went on to discuss the calculated avert sense of violence and says the story, the movie that I always love, is the most dangerous game, which The Running Man is almost a takeoff on. But that original version as someone hunting humans is so simple and exciting. So the feeling you got is exactly what it was. Yeah. It was made up over a cup of coffee. Let's go shoot it. So... That out of the way, I watched it now for the second time. Much different opinion this time. I now you really loved it. Now I actually I want was waiting. I want to show you guys this tattoo I got of uh, the clown chainsaw twins. Uh, no, the movie is it, it's not good. It's not good. Who's the Who's the actor that he he brought in on this one who opens the movie? Richard Brake. He's great. Like oh. he, he's a great villain. 
He's, yeah, he's good. He, the, he's, the rest of the movie's just... And his script, yes. his script sucks. And it, it's cheap heat with the open, with he's getting ready to kill a preacher, or priest, whatever you want to call it. He's wearing the, the collar. But it, it's cheap heat, once again, with Rob Zombie. He knows that if he has religious <laughs> icons presented in that, it's going to be a hot button. It's going to generate a cheap response. Uh, and... Who didn't know when they sat down and want to watch this and saw starting that Sherry was going to be the final girl? <laughs> what? Yeah, and and not only that, Rob. At this point, you can see he's used his bag of tricks. That home movie stuff of them, a characters on the road, is the same shit he did in the Devil's Rejects. Yep. Like it's it's. Rehashed. It's like watching uh, Goldmember from Austin Powers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just all rehashed bullshit. Oh, and we get it even worse in the next film. But, yes, yeah. but it's all rehashed bullshit. Uh, and Chilean Nazi little person. Is this supposed to invoke fear in me, Adolf Hitler? <laughs> Is this supposed to like, guys? What does everybody say when they talk about Chucky movies? Just kick Chucky, right? Hashtag Sherry. Sherry's got what a baseball bat in her hand, which extends her reach by another four feet. Whip his ass! Come on! Yeah, I'm willing to suspend some disbelief, (laughs) but Lord have mercy. Yeah, and so again, there's still there's good sets in this. There's some good sets and some good shots. But that's it. And and good music pairing. Yep. Like really good choices on that kind of thing. But then, uh, but then we flash to uh uh fuck doc, Dr. Loomis. I can't think of his name right now. Malcolm McDowell. Yes. And it's uh they look like they were cast out of Madonna's Vogue video and how so. many movies is Rob going to make too that take place on Halloween? <laughs> Right. I mean, seriously. Let, let's look at the track record. I will say that was smart Horses, of him because I Halloween, sw- Halloween. I, but I swear people were like, "Oh, thirty-one Halloween 3. Well, guys, people on the internet have done comparisons to see which one there was more of: the word "fuck" in his movies, <laughs> or him saying "yeah" in songs. <laughs> <laughs> Rob Zombie. Not the deepest bag of tricks. Yeah. No. However, uh, I don't remember seeing Sherry's butt cheeks in this movie. I don't think so. I almost thought that she was going to bite it early, and I was like, that would have been a, a good twist. That's how you know this movie was rushed. He forgot to get her cheeks in there. <laughs> uh, I'm going to be more blunt than everybody else and say, I hated this movie. I thought it sucked, and I'll probably never watch it again. There you go. There you go. There's uh, nothing redeeming about it other than break, and... There'll be other opportunities to enjoy him in movies. I have no desire to go back to this. Completely phoned in. Nothing inspired about it. Nothing scary. Nothing funny. Nothing like it's not entertaining. It's it's, it's dumb. But have you considered? <laughs> so Richard Brake is Doomhead. We get another character called Deathhead that comes out with E.G. Daily, and he's one of the nihilists. From the Big Lebowski. Mm-hmm. Does that change your mind? No, sure. Okay, don't. all right. Just thought I'd try. <laughs> good, good, good call out though. Good mention. T- take another look I at these you. pictures. I fuck you. <laughs> just take the money, man. <laughs> yeah. Okay. It must be exhausting. Yeah. Thirty-one. Okay, moving right along. Two, three from Hell, twenty nineteen, which is AKA. Uh, what, what's what are these called? The 
Firefly. What's the yeah. family? Firefly. Firefly family. The Devil's Rejects. Well, I, that's what they refer to him as in this one. Well, I, the, I, I will say. Um, so I've I heard nothing but bad about this movie. To where I almost thought that it even like the, the filming was poor. So I was like, well, it looks good because I did, this is the first watch last night. Um, but the very first scene actually says the words Devil's Rejects and House of a Thousand Corpses. Yeah. And I was like, ugh. But I didn't think this was as bad as people put it out there as, but I also didn't think it was needed or good either. If I was going to make another movie for the Firefly people, I probably would do a prequel, um, which I kind of thought this movie was going to be, because I was like, who survives? If we're going to be grounded in reality, who survives Devil's Rejects? That's the biggest leap of faith you have to take going into this, is that any of these people survived that fire firefight at the end of the Devil's Rejects. And then, you know, Vinny was... I, I was kind of waiting until we started talking about this movie, but definitely in this movie is Manson. Oh, oh, the Griffith is one hundred percent. Well, not only not only the characters, but like the reaction to the characters, because you get people that are, oh, this guy's sexy, and I would date him, and so uh, baby's innocent, and blah blah blah. Like so, even the even the reaction to just serial killers mm-hmm. is, is to me like the whole thing is Manson all over it. Um, I. I don't know how. Like honestly, I'm like I didn't like nor dislike this movie, so I'm just kind of. Oh, I felt strongly about it, as did I. This movie sucks. Yeah, <laughs> real bad. Dog trash. Yeah. <laughs> Dog trash. <laughs> I would watch thirty one once a year before I ever watch this movie again. This is the second time I've seen this, and only because we were doing it for the show, and I wanted to, you know, I was giving everything else another watch. This movie's awful. It's it's Goldmember, Austin <laughs> Powers three. It's drivel. It's this is the love guru. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is carried over autopilot that? from yeah. thirty one. Yeah, which is completely. This is phoned worse in than thirty one. There, there, there is almost the same. You know what? Fuck him. <laughs> It's almost the same movie as Rejects say, again, but just done shittier. It's a bad remake of Rejects. Yeah. Well, it is Rejects, but there is straight up dialogue. Because I watched both back to back. There is dialogue from 31 in this movie. I believe it. It's, it's is, real is it bad. Is fuck? <laughs> yeah! And um, like, Sher- this is her work. Sherry at her work. Like, I'm almost like, there's a reason that you don't win an Oscar. Because you can't go full. They they tried they tried to <laughs> Sherry tried to expand on that two dimensional oh. character and like I I was sitting in my chair and I was like Baby is just a different character in this she's movie awful. to the point where even Otis says boy she's changed something, and it's like something's wrong so with it's her. like you've changed when the movie has to do that you know what I mean like they're they're spoon feeding it to you yeah. Um, so she, she, I guess she thought she was expanding the role. Uh, I thought Otis was a caricature of Otis. There's one line that's the worst to me out of the whole thing where uh, the, the lady comes in. I'm, I'm skipping forward a little bit, but she says, uh, like, the black Satans are here. And he's like, well, Satan can't be here. I am Satan. It's a stupid fucking line. It's just fucking <laughs> Dumb. He's like, yeah, hey, didn't you know I'm I'm evil? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. But what do you think Bill Mosley's thinking at that point when unfortunately Sid has gotten sick and he's no longer a part of it? 
and he's rattling off dialogue like that. Do you think like oh, he doesn't seem to be thrilled to be doing it? Yeah. And man, I follow Bill on social media, and I think Bill Mosley is a great dude. Mm-hmm. Like he's so great to the fans. He's interactive and all that. This just is a big old miss for me. A big old miss, and not that. Not that this is something that I was dying to see, but this many years later, and with the, because the people who love rejects fucking love rejects. Yeah. Like, I I know a girl who has a full back piece done. It looks great. That's the kind of fans that that movie has. Oh, yeah. And then to wait this many years and follow up with this script is, it's fucking disgraceful. Slapped in the face. Yeah, it's disgraceful. Because, I mean, it's almost... Beat for beat, they instead of they escape the law, they go to a hotel, <laughs> they go and stay at a brothel. The person staying there rats them out. They take two couples hostage. Yes, they, and then they come in, and, and then the uh, the adversary comes in the law, but in this time it's a fucking uh, a gangster yep. comes in, but. To me, even more egregious than the first one is the hero's fucking send-off that we give these characters at the end of this fucking movie. Yeah. It just... The, I think the only way... Dog shit. The only way, first off, there, there's dog such crush. a huge difference of tone from one to two that it is weird that you would just copy... Like, what's the point of doing a huge tonal difference if the third movie is just the second movie again? And how... A poor man's How fucking dumb... Was the Clint Howard clown scene? That didn't even make sense. Why yes. did he, he show up? Show Wait, up. Why did he yes. show up? Yes, yes. He I shows thought, into the house. I thought at first, man, I'm I was a clown like, he's for a... the party. He's like, there are no children in this like, household. He is a cop, and he's going to save the day. That's what I first thought because I was like, it's the only thing that could make sense. The to clown me. gags were fucking dumb, and I know they were supposed to be, but then he's like, well, you did make me laugh. You pissed your pants. And it just fucking shoots me. It's just fucking stupid. Did he get the wrong house? I still need I'm to know. So, I need the follow Guys, I'm, I'm getting upset about this, <laughs> talking about it. Like, it's so bad, and it's so, like, it's fucking insulting. The only that way. you put this out to, me, to the public as a product. To me, though, if, if you're going to do After Devils, why not just make it super? Na- I mean, you could have went anywhere. Yeah, because that's well, the only they could have survived a billion gunshots. That's, gunshot that's the only way you could have done a sequel to Devils is because you can't just have them. Well, they they dodged most of the bullets. This was released in Portugal as the name um, Tutti Fucking Fruity. <laughs> <laughs> well, and and like I said about about Rejects, is it, it's a movie full of unlikable characters, and the only. Semi likable character was Captain Spaulding. You don't even have Captain Spaulding in this. Yeah, the most likable character is the little person. He's yeah. the most sympathetic out of everybody. He was an artist, and he sides with the fucking Devil's Rejects. You know what I mean? Like you're not even rooting for the guy who was Danny Trejo's son. Oh yeah, and we're gonna bring back Danny Trejo, and he's not gonna remember who Otis is. Yeah. The I most fa- the most famous serial killers on the planet, and you helped capture him, and now you don't remember him. Yeah, uh, uh, I'm so mad. It's real bad, guys. Uh, I just have to ask you. So, D. Wallace plays Greta, which is the female prison uh, guard. Uh, if you took a shot every time she said "bitch," you would die. <laughs> <laughs> that she's actually going to be cast as the new Freddy Krueger. 
Scary Terry. Scary Terry. Bitch. Yeah. And this is this is his first film that I can honestly say is visually unimpressive. Also takes place on Halloween. Does Ar- it? Around Halloween, yes. Yeah. Oh yeah, because it's Day of the Dead yep. in that village. <sighs> not a good. There's not a good set. There's not good shots. Anything that might be okay is recycled. Everything. Elector headdress. Yeah, that's a <laughs> cultural appropriation. Yeah, racist. Because you have Sherry wearing it. I like how the dead black Satans are dropping machine guns and babies still using a bow and arrow. <laughs> I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> uh, and we I haven't talked about Cousin Oliver yet either. <laughs> <laughs> because, oh wow, we have another brother that just shows up. Yeah, that, well, I, he's Otis Driftwood's half-brother. Yeah. So they got the same daddy or the same mom? Because Spalding wasn't... (laughs) Cutter wasn't Otis's dad. So yeah, for those of you trying to follow at home, (laughs) Richard Brake is Otis's half-brother in this. His his name is Midnight Wolf. Oh! (laughs) You hear the enthusiasm, folks? It's so bad. All right. And now, and and you're going to leave me with that, and I'm supposed to be excited that you're touching the monsters now. Right? These are your last two entries, and I'm supposed to get excited that Universal gave you the fucking keys to the monsters. I I am not excited for. Well, so. Is monsters this year or next year? I bet 22, 23. So here's the thing this movie's going to make. I know this sounds weird after just naming half of the shit we just did. The monsters, though, is a whole different thing of Halloween. Number one, if that movie's rated R, then Universal deserves every penny they lose. There, yeah, there's no way that's rated R. So, this could be... Have, did you guys watch uh, a, a, The House with the Clock in the Walls? Yes. So, it's Eli Roth, but it's a family movie. Yeah. So, obviously, Eli Roth stretched from what we see him do. Sure. If Rob Zombie does not stretch from what we've seen him do... That this is probably the last movie that's ever going to be. This will be the end unless he somehow finances it himself. Uh, I don't think a major studio will give him anything ever again, which may be a blessing. I I don't want to shit on a project before it comes to fruition. People shit all over Michael Keaton being cast as Batman, and look how that turned out. However, with his last entries, I'm not optimistic because I just don't think Rob has a range. Um, he does. I, he does love the monsters. So as long as he keeps himself out of it, I think this could be good. If only he would have kept his wife out of it. I think Dan Robuck could be the game changer. I think. And who is he playing? Grandpa. Grandpa. Right? Yeah. With the mustache. And he is legit a super fan of and, old and, horror. And, and I like uh, 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 Jeff Daniel. Phillips. Jeff Daniel Phillips. I, think I the, like him as well. I, I think. And sure. I want to be optimistic. Here's the thing, guys. I think sure. Like Lily Munster is one of my first crushes as a little kid. So I just hope you don't fuck this up for me. So I'm I think hoping, if, I think Cassie Sherry as Lily could have been interesting because number one, she's the little wholesome thing of the monsters. But yeah, if 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 this is a Rob Zombie movie rated R, then Universal does. I just it. can't see them giving the monsters an R. Then this could be what stretches him, and it could be a good movie. But it also could be one of the worst movies we've ever seen. No, here's to hoping. You can hope in one hand and shit in the other. <laughs> Get dog trash. <laughs> well, folks, thanks for coming back for this Rob Zombie revisit. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Next time we're only going to do the zombie movies. <laughs> I am worn out. I don't have anything else to say. So uh, thanks for tuning in. We'll catch you next time. I'm Grizzly Abner. 
And I've been joined by Professor Fucking Wag's death. <laughs> Venomous Spinning. Hot Toddy. Stay scary. Fuck. Tootie fucking fruity.